Hi, I'm Sally Kirkman, and I'm here today with Christina Rodenbeck, and we are Astrology Talk podcast. My website's sallykirkman.com, and Christina's website is oxfordastrologer.com. And we're here to talk to you about the month ahead, the astrology, and also other things, what's been, what's coming, all that. How are you, Christina? I'm okay. I'm surviving this very, very dark winter. Not cold, just dark. Why taking a lot of vitamin D and going uh, out for walks. Good. Have you been hibernating? I have been. Uh, yeah, no, not really. I've been working my um a lot yeah. <laughs> I've been working a lot working really hard and I'm kind of I, then I was in recovery mm. um but yes it was good how was Christmas for you yeah it was nice it wasn't really a sort of restful retreat Christmas I mean I know some people experience that for different reasons this year um I've been busy I mean I've been moving around um so I just feel like I've been on the go and I'm feeling a bit exhausted, actually, as as January gets underway. I mean, I, I don't have a lot of energy, um, but I'm by the sea now. I've got a lovely picture in the background of a beach, actually, and houses on the beach. Um, so that's nice. I'm glad to be somewhere new and just kind of ready to to stop and settle a bit and catch up with myself. It's been busy. It's mm. been busy. I'm moving around a lot, a bit too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's quite a tiring start to 2022, hasn't it? It's been quite tiring. It's the Venus retrograde has been quite intense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do want to, but my, I have got um, a lovely Venus retrograde story, actually. So maybe I should leap in with that. Because um, I, uh, you probably, I don't know whether I was telling you, I had a major bust up with a friend mm. on the Venus Pluto. When Venus turned retrograde, it turned retrograde on Pluto. I had a big upset with a friend which was, you know, a, a friend of long standing, and there was a danger that it was going to damage the the friendship. Actually, um, but on the Sun Venus conjunction, the weekend of the Sun Venus conjunction, we met up, um, and it was lovely, and we kind of reconnected, and and everything's back, and everything's fine. Upsets behind us, and we're moving forwards again as good friends. So I thought that was kind of a lovely showing of this Venus retrograde and particularly the Sun Venus conjunction, which was January the 9th. Um, you know, that, that weekend was, I think it just felt lovely actually. Reconnecting. Well, on that weekend. I mean, you know, uh, I, I, it's like a lot of things seem to, to people I was speaking with, a lot of things seem, seem to suddenly bop, 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 slot into place that have been kind of floating around and being a bit weird. Hmm. Um, you know, offers coming in, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, things opening up, which had looked odd. A lot of stuff to do with money. Have yeah. you been following the decline of Bitcoin? That's been quite interesting during this Venus retrograde. Mm. Yeah, it has it's been going steadily down, hasn't it? Yeah, since the beginning of January. Well, really since since Venus went into Capricorn, really. Okay. And it went off really down since the beginning of January. And that's been quite interesting as well. Mm-hmm. Because sort of Venus retrograde, you think something might happen with currencies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, as we're talking, we've still got quite a bit of the Venus retrograde to go, haven't we? It's It runs till January the 29th. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the second half as kind of Venus reawakens and, you know, moves into morning star, whether that kind of, I don't know, brings a revival or not. May yeah. not well bring a revival and uh, maybe even stronger because that often that happens with you know because we talk, we've talked about this before about how when venus goes into the underworld she comes out stronger it's not yeah, like yeah. she comes out weaker yeah um she comes out as a queen uh yeah. which is interesting you yeah. know it's good to think about that that uh with the because we're still when this podcast goes out which is the 18th we've still got another week to go of the venus retrograde more it finishes on the 29th yeah yeah that's a kind of, I would say, it's a slow strengthening. It's like a recuperation. It's like getting the vitamins, getting the sunshine in, mm. um, ready to really roar ahead in um, from the 29th of January, that mm. Venus. And this well, is yeah, important yeah. for us. And, it, you know, oh, sorry, we're moving straight into that. But 
it's important for Taurus and it's important um, for Libra that, that to remember that your Venus is getting stronger, that you're in a period of kind of recuperation now. But let's yeah. talk about Aquarius month before I leap into talking <laughs> about the month ahead. <laughs> about Aquarians, it's your month. Happy birthday, yeah. Aquarius. Yeah, it is. I, I have lots of Aquarius friends, actually. They're, they're great. I just I just enjoy them. They're sort of they're quirky and they're. They're always sort of interesting to talk to. Although I have to say as a Scorpio, I do like my one-to-ones. And one of the things that always annoys me about my Aquarius friends is I'll arrange to meet up one-to-one with them. And then suddenly they've invited about four or five more people. And it's, you know, suddenly it's a gathering. And it's like, oh, I thought we were going to catch up. And here we are in a sort of group social get together. So, um, so, because, yeah, I mean, and the, the Aquarians I know just have this diverse social group around them. I mean, that seems to be one of the key features of Aquarius. Yeah, they yeah. like people. Actually. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, they're not haters, usually. Mm. They're, they're likers or interesteders, whatever that word is. They're curious about people mm. um, in general, uh, you know, and they have the common touch as well. So people are quite often people like Aquarians as well. If they're um, grooving their son really well or their ascendant. It's a very likable sign. I'm thinking mm-hmm. of Jennifer Aniston for some reason. She's Aquarian, isn't is she not? Oh, she is. She and is. I think she's a kind of perfect Aquarian in that she is actually fabulously successful and glamorous, yet she somehow seems to represent every woman. Yeah. Uh, she somehow manages to be, and she often plays those parts where she's like the ordinary girl yeah. parts. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking how opposite that is to sort of uh, Leo types, you know, who are always like, you know, on a pedestal. She's not on a pedestal, Jennifer Mm -hmm. Anderson, yet fabulously um, successful. Yeah. And, and, you know, her big show was Friends, which is, (laughs) you couldn't get a more Aquarius title, could you? (laughs) And actually the whole, that whole uh, Friends and the whole kind of relationship with Ross was actually kind of Aquarian. She goes off and she has the baby. Mm. I was always disappointed that they got back together. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sorry, Christina. I, she was too good for him. <laughs> I'm still cross about it now. Too good for Ross. Mm. I do also, and, and you know, there's, again, I don't know this is across the board. I kind of, the Aquarians, when it comes to relationships, they fall into kind of two different camps for me. I know Aquarians, um, a very good Aquarius friend who met her husband, you know, when she was at uni and is still with him years and years later. Um, but I know a lot of Aquarius friends kind of in their fifties and sixties who are still enjoyably single, you know, they're still kind of having a great time getting to know new people, but not committing, not settling down. And really, you know, I think they're just thinking, well, I quite like this lifestyle and getting on with it. So I do find that quite interesting about them too. I, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think that it's either single or you get these very long, stable relationships. It's, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're loyal. It's one of the very loyal signs. That's why you get these loyal friendships. If you have a friendship with an Aquarian, it can go, uh, it can last a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Um, And same with, you know, love relationships. But I always think it's because they don't really, you know, they don't, they won't do it unless it's um, excellent. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They're not going to do a bad relationship. They want it to be excellent. Um, yeah, yeah, and I was going to say it's probably a little bit because, you know, it is a, a unique sign in that it's got two ruling planets, um, mm. Saturn and Uranus. So the Saturn types maybe are more committed, you know, like to do the long-term relationship, and then the Uranus types like freedom. They just like to sort of bob around a bit, meet mm. different people, be unconventional as well, experimental. Or free. Or free, yeah. Now, yeah. If an Aquarian... Yeah, I can think of some. I I love Aquarians actually. I can think of an. I can think of one Aquarian who lives on the top of a hill on a mountain top, which is mm-hmm. as Aquarians should. That's a good place for you, them to live. And her boyfriend, of about thirty five years, lives mm-hmm. on the, in the middle of a deep wood at the sort of bottom of the mountain. So they have separate houses. He's a Virgo, which is a very weird combination. Virgo Aquarius mm-hmm. works very well, but. Um, that's a perfect kind of Aquarian relationship that you have this very long-term loyal relationship, mm. but you live separate lives, basically. <laughs> yeah, that seems perfect, doesn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah. That's perfect. So you still have your kind of independence in your own life by doing that. Yeah, they're interesting. Who else do we know? Ed Sheeran is Aquarius. I think he's very kind of, um, I love that. What about Ed Sheeran? I mean, he always, he refused to conform musically. You know, he did his stuff, which people said, oh, it will never catch on, you know, standing there playing his guitar. Um, but they will, you know, it's not what people want now. So, but he refused to, he just did his thing. And look at him now. I mean, megastar. So I kind of think he's quite quirky and typical of Aquarius. But also has the common touch. He has the common touch. He does. That's, I mean, that's a real Aquarian thing is for Aquarians in the arts, so to speak. Mm. that having the common touch ellen degeneres is another one i always think of yeah yeah aquarian you know and she also um has not conformed Mm. Uh, i always think her outfits are very aquarian she wears a lot of very kind of shiny suits sort of silvery she has that kind of silvery look which is quite an aquarian color silver yeah yeah Um, and the silvery hair she's Mm. in trouble at the moment isn't she for having some for something let's skip over that no, I don't know. So we can skip over it. I have no idea, Christina. <laughs> she has an Aquarius partner as well. They're a double Aquarius, Portia de Rossi. She's yeah. Aquarius too. So, yeah, and we're moving into the age of Aquarius, aren't we? We all need to get down with hair, the musical, and go, <laughs> go, go hippie. Age of Aquarius, which started a long time ago, actually. Oh, yeah. Well, you, yeah, I don't believe in that stuff. Um, you know, age of Aquarius. We are in an Aquarian period, though. I would say, in yeah. Aquarian era, because of that conjunction in back in December twenty twenty, mm-hmm. we're in the, this twenty years is a, an Aquarian twenty yeah. years for sure. Uh, whether it's the age of Aquarius is another whole another question. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Yeah, and what would that mean anyway? God. Um, Aquarius is, you know, is a sign that's associated with sort of futurism, robots, um, uh, you know, technology. The internet is an Aquarian thing. Mm. Um, mm. So what we're doing now is kind of Aquarian. We're kind of socially distanced. We're separate, but we're in the same room. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I think. I think what's happened, you know, the sort of the effects of the pandemic is bringing the, the Aquarius era really to life, isn't it? Yeah. We're all connecting on Zoom and technology. Um, you know, it isn't about human connection. You have to stay stay detached, disconnected. Well, you don't, but, I mean, that's what we had to do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, it, it's kind of catapulting us into the Aquarian, Aquarius era. And, that's and more to come, more to come. That's interesting because, like, back to Aquarius being this, having this dual rulership, um, and the one side is is this Saturnian side, and one is the Uranian side. These are really uh, both quite sciencey planets, planets associated with science. But one is like this electric spark of genius, which is um, Uranus, and the other one, Saturn, is is about uh, you know um, the scientific method is a Saturnian method, trial and error, trial and error. You you, you know you keep on. Uh, adding layers of stuff you know you keep on moving on um uh, and so that is part of the the zeitgeist at the moment anyway is this uh that that duality that the uranus we have the uranus saturn square going on yeah to aquarian planets right um so i i mean i don't know if aquarians been having a particularly tough time in 2021 i wonder and one of the other things about that, one more thing to say, is this idea that it's it's one of the social signs. Aquarians, mm-hmm. in general, quite like people, but it can also be a sign that is somehow kind of disconnected socially. And that's a really odd thing, isn't it? It's very socially connected, likes groups, but when you get to the one-to-one, sometimes quite disassociated. Yeah, I agree, and and quite disconnected, cut off. Um, and often with Aquarius, there can be a theme of an outsider, not, you know, and I mean, I, I have quite strong Aquarius in my chart, not, you need to find where you fit in. And quite often you feel like you're not part of the group, um, mm. Aquarius. And it's, you know, you have to sort of find your tribe in a way. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's kind of a weird, it's weird in that way, isn't it? It's very, I mean, these are two quite different things, this idea of a sign that's actually very social, but then, and then, 
not antisocial, but kind of doesn't fit in. Yeah, I yeah. have Aquarius in my chart too. I am, mm. you know, I've got Venus in Aquarius. It's it's the star sign I think that's that's linked to astrology as well, very much. So you know, you, I think you get a lot of astrologers with Aquarius strong in their chart. Um, yeah, I think so too. One of the signs. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Venus in Aquarius. I always think is I love astrology. You know. <laughs> I heart astrology. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. Should we talk about the month ahead now? We've, we we go on talking about Aquarius a lot, actually. This It's such an interesting sign. Yeah. The one more thing I wanted to say, I was thinking, what did I want to say about it? Also, you have fixed air. So that kind of, when we were talking about also fitting in, not fitting in, there's a real dogmatic side to it. Oh yeah, and they like to be right very often. So there can be this, you know, they they fall out with people sometimes because of what you know their fixed opinions um, as well. So I think that can be a a, a struggle they work with sometimes too. But yeah, yeah. Let, let's go into. Um, I can I just agree with you there. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm allowed to agree, agree with you and say and, and sometimes quite funny ideas, you know, which can sometimes be really futuristic and great, and actually they're ahead. Mm. sometimes are just weird mm. wrong you know yeah um, and and that's also this this split in yeah the- yeah and some of those ideas work don't they but often further down the line they're the ones who often come up with the inventions that actually are brilliant sort of mm. you know further down the line too so very interesting star sign are we going to have an interesting month ahead yeah i mean well first of all we should just mention don't forget, Saturn is still in Aquarius. The sun yep. is in Aquarius. Uh, so the sun is, uh, interestingly enough, kind of considered to be quite weak in Aquarius, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, and Saturn, of course, is, you know, very, very strong in Aquarius. And that's one of the feelings of the of the month ahead. Weak sun, strong Saturn. Mm. Uh, mm. Just as a general thought. And the other general thought is like that Venus, the, all those retrogrades. Oh, my God, goodness. Yeah. And I think, I mean, when we talk about the new moon, that's the Saturn Uranus is so pulled into that new moon. But I think it's important to, you know, even though we're moving into Aquarius month, Capricorn is so strong, isn't it? As we move into this month. I mean, Venus is retrograde there still and turns direct on the 29th. Mars moves into Capricorn on the 24th. I think. And Mercury retrogrades back into Capricorn on the 26th. So there's this real intensity still on Capricorn. And Pluto's Um, still there. Pluto's still there. And this, I think this is going to continue actually throughout the whole of this month. There's there's real intensity there. Um, It goes up till March. I mean, that those three planets are all there until March, which is quite unusual to have those three in the in the sign which is not the sign of the sun um for that length you know all together working together going you, in the you mean venus the mars and pluto yeah mercury yeah. mars and venus will all be in capricorn um, yeah once mercury gets back in yeah 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 anyway. Yeah, and and also we've got, I think, another really important theme is the Pluto. I mean, because the Mercury, um, you know, it's going to, it turns direct, doesn't it, at 24 Capricorn. So once again, like when Venus turned retrograde in December, it pulled in Pluto. There's two Mercury-Pluto conjunctions, um, 29th of Jan and 11th of February. So Pluto is again really getting pulled into these the inner planets as they move through Capricorn, which I'm hoping is kind of purging. You know, I think it's really sort of. I I think we've had. I mean, this this is you know we're going back almost two years, aren't we, to the start of the pandemic with the Saturn Pluto uh, conjunction in Capricorn. So I'm just wondering if things are really purging or completing in some way or getting excavated with all yeah. that's going on with um, Pluto. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think it's a chance to go back. I mean, for everybody, you know, this, this retrograde is about this partly as well, uh, because it's all of these, you know, Venus makes three hits with um, Pluto. This she's We've had two, have we, I think? Yeah, we've had two already. And we're going to have a third one. Um, is that on the 4th of February? Anyway, we're going to no, have a third one. 
it's actually in March, so it's not kind of in this month, but it's it's right at the end of when Venus is in Capricorn, so it'll be in March. But yeah, agreed, three hits of Venus, definitely. Three hits of, Venus, three hits of Mercury, and then there's going to be a hit from Mars. Yeah. Um, so I agree. I think there's a lot of conversations about what's happened. Mm. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of conversations about the, uh, frankly, the death toll. This is to do with Pluto being in Capricorn, that we're... In this country, we're up to 150,000. Mm. Um, I think that happened just quite recently. Um, and also about people, uh, I think that we should be allowed to mourn what's happened in the last few years and actually consider it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And also, I think that's kind of on the collective level, but look at it also where it falls in your horoscope as well. And what needs to happen, you know, for, for each kind of star sign, what needs to be sort of purged or excavated. Um, so very personal for Capricorn. Yeah, um, a lot of people, because these are personal planets, I'm not talking just collective mourning, actually. I'm talking about personal stuff. Yeah. You know, what What's changed over the last few years? What Maybe what you've lost? Mm. Um, because, you know, it's not just about people, but it's maybe about jobs and ways of life and things like that. Because mm-hmm. it's, you know, by acknowledging what's gone, then you can move forward, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe getting some kind of sense of um, reality about it. Some things aren't coming back. Yes. You know, what's not coming back. So it's interesting, again, in a way, as we're still moving, slowly moving into a new year. There is this kind of theme of endings or getting real or, you know, needing to deal with some dark stuff, actually, and put it to one side so you can let go of it and move on. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that that's one of the themes of the, you know, January has been uh, we can't just leap into a new year, that we have to allow these endings to happen. Mm. I, I do think that things will be feeling, you know, accelerating um from actually they accelerating from probably the beginning of when we put this podcast out things will start falling into place partly because june jupiter is moving so fast now Mm. Mm. very very quickly and it's beginning to pull despite the retrogrades beginning to pull everybody along yeah and with mars coming into capricorn mars is actually clear you know so we have the period of mourning we think about stuff january ends Maybe a few loose ends with Mercury also going retrograde. Then Mercury goes direct on the is that the fourth? Yeah, it's on the fourth. Um, and then Mars comes in, is coming in, saying, "Right, let's sort this out. Let's get this done. Let's um, let's now we can move ahead." Mm. Yeah, and I agree. And I think Mars really will speed things up. It also, interestingly, on that day that Mercury turns direct, there's um, a Mars Jupiter sextile too. So, you know, Mars is really kind of triggering the Jupiter. And again, that fast Jupiter, there's a real sense of feeling free or this kind of ability to move, Mm. um, you know, get things moving quickly, make some quick, speedy decisions, maybe, you know, wherever this this is is falling in your chart. Mm. Um, So we should be more specific, I guess, and talk about that. Um, Let's talk about this. I want to talk about the um, new moon on the 1st of February. Okay. Uh, or do you want to talk about that first week in the last week of January before then? Because the last week of January is pretty interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I think, um, I don't mind. <laughs> she says in a really indecisive way. <laughs> I don't mind. What do you I was just going to say, as we're moving into that last week of January, you know, the sun makes a conjunction with Mercury on the 23rd of January. Then on the 24th, Mars moves in to Capricorn. Mm. Um, and then on the 26th, Mercury moves in, which you've said. Mm. And then Mercury makes all those connections to Pluto. So that first week of uh, that last week of January is pretty intense in terms of conversations, I think. Mercury seems to be very accurate. And there may be some really bitter truths that come out in that last week. Mm. January because that is the Mercury retrograde conjunction with Pluto is finding out some stuff that's been hidden. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and good for finding lost objects, of course, depending on where it falls in your chart. Yeah, um, it, it is. But not so good if you want to conceal secrets. No, I mean, this is, it's bringing what's hidden to the surface, isn't it? It's dealing with what's hidden. Um, and it's like finding out the hidden thing is yeah. important for Venus to go direct, Venus going direct. Because mm. mm. um, those happen like pretty much on the same, they are on the same day, mm. the Mercury-Pluto conjunction and the Venus direct. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is really interesting astrology, isn't it? Wow. Well, you know, I'm interested in that the Ghislaine Maxwell. I'm not. I mean, I'm revolted by it. But the Ghislaine. It's interesting how the Ghislaine Maxwell uh, trial has been very bound up with the Venus retrograde and with the Venus Pluto thing. She's a Capricorn, isn't she? I think we talked yes, about it last time. Mm. There may be more to come out about that mm. at that point. It's actually, I'm finding it kind of, you know, all what's happening in Capricorn, it's quite complex to talk about what that means for each of the star signs. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because there's so many different components. It's like, you know, for for example, with if we're talking about Aries, you've got Mars moving into your career sector, but Venus shifts direction. So it's not just about you and your career. It's also about what's happening with other people, maybe what's happening with your partner, or kind of, I don't know, female boss. It's also about what conversations are going on. It's kind of like a real potpourri or a, a real, it's not, you can't just get on and do one thing with it. It's kind of, you've got to take other people into account. You've got to have these multiple conversations. Um, it, it feels quite confusing in a way. That's how I'm ending up feeling with it. I did it for cancer. You know, if you're, can, if you're cancer sun or cancer rice, it's like the one thing I would say out of all this is, if you can wait until the 4th of February, then, you you know, hopefully you'll have all the information because you mm-hmm. also may be getting different stories about the same thing. Yeah. Maybe also because there's so many retrogrades in one part of the sky, you may be getting second or third or fourth chances at something. So yes. you might have like an embarrassment of choice about something. Like suddenly you have 15 suitors and you yeah. don't really know which one to choose. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, or- and, yeah, and or, or you're looking at four properties and you don't know which one. It's the same, you know. There's too much choice. Yeah, and that would be key, particularly for for Ven- uh, for Libra actually, because that's Capricorn's, you know, your fourth house. Also, mm-hmm. who's the eighth house? That's Gemini. I mean, that's often to do with kind of property deals as well. Yeah. So, so yeah, there's and the the Venus turning direct is only it's the first turning point, but there's also going to be a new moon on the first and Mercury turning direct on the um fourth so there's these there's these different turning points so i think you really have to wait until if you've got big decisions to make wait until the fourth and I then, and um, then and I think one of the things that's really interesting about this is this is all this is real nitty-gritty stuff this is in capricorn mm. you know so this mm. is that something's going to be turn out to be illusory it's just that the real truth is going to come out about a certain situation or people may reveal their true characters as well you know you may think that you're i don't know negotiating with a really nice person this is particularly addressed to say cancers you you know you're negotiating they're not lovely Mm. it's going to turn out you know they will you know basically the gloves come off i think as well with this um Mm. so be prepared um i'm just thinking about yeah anybody who's like has a um I'm just thinking, who's who's who would this be in the ninth house for? I mean, that's also tricky. That's you know, t- uh, Taurus. Taurus, you know, it may turn out that some of the people, you know, who you, you know, say if you're a Taurus and you're in a uh, court case or something, yeah, for that to get really confusing, and for different, uh, you know, for different people to be advocating in surprising ways, or if you're involved in, you know, you may find yourself involved in a situation where a a multifaceted dispute, I think, for certain people. Mm. Uh, Taurus Scorpio as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, With lots of different layers to it, actually. Quite quite hard to navigate your way forwards with it. Scorpio has to listen to a lot of people's different different stories, you know. 
we really? You start with some of those different stories. Okay. Um, Lots of other people's opinions, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Advice. Okay. All right. I'll try and do that, Christine. I promise. No, no. I mean, you have to listen, but ignore half of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're going to be given a lot of advice. Oh, right. Okay. It may not be actually that good. And then I need to be Mars and cut through. Exactly. So okay. you need to stick with the Mars. Okay. Um, that helps. Thank you. Yeah. No, I'm not saying take other people's advice. I'm saying they are confused too. And I'm saying the same to Taurians. The people who appear to be giving you this great advice, they may not know what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, So that's why it's important to wait till the fourth. Yeah. Yeah, so it's real kind of, it's sort of a jumble of, you know, this bing, 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 isn't it, with these planets all gang almost ganging up in Capricorn actually they're ganging up and getting a lot of energy there um not really and also they're not completely coordinating with each other a lot of the time no no off over there yeah crisis comes in I mean they're not they're all scattered through Capricorn Mm. um it's not and then then we have this weird new moon with the um conjunction you know with the which makes a conjunction with Saturn and yeah, and square Uranus. Uranus. Yay! The new moon in Aquarius really, I mean, it just cracks on with the Saturn Uranus square, it brings it to life in a way, doesn't it? Um so yeah, I mean, that could be, you know, for Aquarius, that's kind of like who, you know, you want to do your thing. This is this is where Aquarians could get very kind of rigid about what they want to do or what they believe but there's going to be some opposition from Uranus. So for Aquarius, that could be someone from your past, or it could be someone in the family. Again, there's, it, it's, it feels a bit like an argument going on this new moon with the square to the Saturn Uranus. Well, I mean, the exact Saturn Uranus was actually on Christmas day. So if anybody had any arguments on Christmas day, they may be resurfacing with that new moon. They may, and but they may also, because it's a new moon, there may be a chance to, you know, go back and start over to Very turn a fresh page. Could be that could be a good way of looking at it, couldn't it? So if you fell out with someone over Christmas when there was the Saturn Uranus square, it's kind of, you know, can you go back in in a way that's helpful, maybe, or see things from a different perspective with the Saturn Uranus? Yeah. Uh it's certainly a new is there something it's interesting because it's taking it's translating the light from Uranus to Saturn, isn't it? Um, so because it's going, it's at 12, it's in between the the new moon is actually in between the two. Mm. Um, so again, I mean, I think it's inter- it'll be interesting to see what happens in the collective with regards to restrictions and you know, a restriction B scientific breakthroughs, which is another possibility. Mm. There may be some new piece of science that comes in. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I also think it's I think it's quite a tricky new moon, this one for Leo, I want to say, because, you know, your um, your planet is the sun, your planetary body is the sun. And it is quite weak in Aquarius. It's, you know, it's about another person. Saturn's strong. So who are you up against? Uranus is in your career sector. So it may be that you have to, you know, if you're up against, uh, I don't know, a boss you don't like or a competitor, you might need to take a backward step. You might decide to kind of um, break free from a situation that's restricting you. Um, And it could be something that, you know, a real sort of a breakdown to breakthrough moment as well. I think it could be quite a tricky new moon um, for Leo because of that, particularly if anything's been going on in those key areas of your life. You know, this could be the sort of key that switches it, that makes it okay. I'm going to be moving on now. We've got to do it differently. Yeah, yeah, and I, it's tricky and it's interesting enough for for Taurus as well. Mm. You know, um, actually, because it's all squaring your, it's squaring you. It's making a tough a- aspect to Taurus. Mm. This new the new moon. I mean, it is in your career sector, mind you. So it's a possibility of a new chapter beginning. Yeah. Um, and it's also, I mean, it could be tricky for Taurus, but on the other hand, it could be an opportunity to be reborn, to mm-hmm. come out of your, you know, if you've been in some kind of cocoon, to be reborn as a, you know, as a butterfly, my dear Taurus, and spread your wings 
there's something about it that seems like it might be some kind of break for freedom because the other thing that's happening with that Saturn Uranus is that they are separating now after mm-hmm. the, after having been stuck together in this horrible square off and on through 2021 the last hit was at Christmas and this is just like an echo of those of that of that square mm. be echoed again and again through 2022 mind you so it's not gone but yeah, they but, are separating and 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 also they've they've been kind of in June and December they were kind of they've been stuck at this sort of 11 12 degrees actually it's been a similar point in the zodiac so if you've got any planets you know 11 12 degrees of the fixed star signs Taurus Leo Scorpio Aquarius you might really have felt under pressure and this this new moon as you say is a chance to kind of break free or reinvent yourself in some way um which might also fit in with all that's happening with this Capricorn stuff it's certain things are coming to an end so you know, this new moon could be the time you get out of a difficult situation or a tricky situation. You find a way to extricate yourself from something so you can so you can move on and be free. Yeah, and I actually think looking at the Taurus, you know, you might get some help there from that Capricorn, you know, from a teacher or a mentor or someone mm-hmm. like that or university yeah. or uh, some kind of institution or whatever. You might, you know, get, it's like a, I almost want to say getting out of jail free card almost mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. particularly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's, it, you know, I think it's also, you know, all the fixed signs, it's interesting, but maybe especially for Scorpio as well, because there's Uranus in the, in the seventh, uh, this new moon, which is getting the square from Saturn at home. And it may be liberating again. Or that you're going to meet, you know, that finally you're able to meet something, you know, something changes in your relationships mm. um, after this new moon. And actually, I'm not sure it can before the new moon. Mm. It like it opens a door. Yeah, yeah. No, it does feel it feels really important. This the the new moon. Yeah, I, I also kind of like that the you know as we move into 2022, these new moons are happening. They happen right at the beginning of the month. So it's kind of like each each new month, you know, there's a, again, there's that, the new page in the diary, right? I'm on a new page. Okay, what am I going to do differently? What am I going to start? Where am I going to kind of shut the door in the last month and, and move ahead? So you kind of, there's an ability to set these new intentions. Um, for Sagittarius as well, it's your third house. So very much this is about how you communicate, what you say. Um, and what are you trying to extricate yourself from or get out of? I mean, for Sagittarius, Taurus, Uranus in Taurus is your work and health sector. So it might be linked to do something with that. It's time to speak up so you can break free. Hmm. Yeah, I'm actually also wondering about, you know, for Virgos, it's quite interesting too. Mm -hmm. There's a new moon. Just, I mean, in fact, the whole month is interesting for Virgo Virgo, because there's so much energy in Capricorn for you know which is a a wonderful part of the sky to have a lot of energy but also kind of crazy because it's the part of the sky that's to do with you know um you know love relationships creativity children all kinds of you know all good things essentially mm. you've got a lot of energy in the all good thing you know the it's this it's the house it's called uh you know it's, it's a fortunate house mm. Um, the house of goods of pleasure um, and then you have this interesting new moon which is is triggering a few things but that's all the new moon is in the house of work and having and duty mm. um, and I'm wondering if actually there's some kind of duty that calls you back after having you know that you that that Virgos are quite torn between having wanting to have this pleasure and having a lot of stuff going on um in one part of this, their lives, which mm-hmm. is not to do with work, but then being called back to duty by this new moon. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. a, like a bit of a back to school new moon for Virgos on the 1st of February, I think. Yeah. And, you know, there's Mercury turns direct, doesn't it, in Capricorn mm-hmm. on the on the 4th. Um, so you may be dragged back into <laughs> doing yeah. something. Um you know, when does Mercury go back into Aquarius? It's on the 14th of February. 
So it may take, you know, these these new beginnings may take you a while to really adjust your way of thinking or get your head around something or shift your attitude. And it's only mid-February when you're, okay, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm ready. Because Mercury then is back in Aquarius. Um, so it feels like there's a lot of toing and froing this month. That's the yeah. kind of shifting, you know, pushing, checking things out, pushing at doors. Is Can that one open or not? Um, it's quite sort of. The 4th of February is a really big day. I mean, yeah, Mercury goes direct. Mars sextiles Jupiter. Moon yeah. make, Moon makes a conjunction to Saturn. Yeah, you no, know, all which are all kind of very different kinds of energy, aren't they? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, Mercury going direct, at least that's kind of a release. Um, and Mars making this. Actually, I quite like that. I like that, and I think Mars is really helping. I think yeah. you know, again, when you've got Mars strong, is this just do it? Yeah. energy and and it sextiles jupiter on the fourth and then it trines uranus on the eighth and then we get this first big major planetary aspect between jupiter and pisces and uranus in taurus on the 18th mm-hmm. um which is actually probably we need to talk about next month don't we if it's on the oh no well we can talk about it this month are we allowed to speak are we allowed to speak <laughs> yes because the sun's still in aquarius on that date isn't it yeah it is um, it is so we've been, you know, there's a weirdness going on, but Mars is cutting through in a good way, which is helpful. You know, look to your Aries and Scorpio friends to be helpful with this. Um, and I like that um, sextile between Mars and Jupiter, particularly on the 4th of February. It's like, something turns, Mercury turns direct, Mars comes in, the sun makes a conjunction with Saturn, which is actually kind of heavy. But also kind of, okay, practical, let's get things done. We actually know the truth now. We can see the truth and we know how how to start stepping forward, which means that all of this previous, you know, mishmash that's going on before is really about finding the information, finding stuff out, interviewing people, trying to sort of um, repair relationships that haven't, you know, that are, are broken. Mm-hmm. All of that's going on before. And then after after the fourth, boom, off we go in quite a f- interesting and exciting direction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's, you know, I often think of Mars Uranus um, when they get together, which is on the eighth. I often think of that. It's like the, the rebel with a cause, whereas, mm-hmm. you know, it's not the rebel without a cause. It's like, you know what you're doing and where you're going. You've got to... <laughs> You've got a reason to be doing what you're doing. Actually, James Dean was also Aquarius, by the way, rebel without a cause. But Mars Uranus is the rebel with a cause. So it's really strong, I think, the Mars Jupiter and the Mars Uranus, particularly for Aries, Scorpio, and also Capricorn, actually, because Mars is in your star sign. It's a real time to to push things through. Um, I also like the Venus-Mars conjunction on the 16th of February. Agreed. Um, that's always nice. You know, it's the lovers uniting, yep. working together. They're both, yep. uh, you know, in direct motion. It's sexy. Um, it's, it's, mm-hmm. I don't think it's sexy. Well, I was going to say it's in Capricorn. So it's like sexy with a bit of a contract or sort of <laughs> going on or, you know, it's kind of, it is sexy, agreed, particularly, you know, but it, there's something, do you know what I mean? It's a little... It's got an edge to it in Capricorn. Yeah, it's earthy in Capricorn. It's earthy. Okay. Um. Yeah, sexy with but status conscious. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I also think this new moon, the full moon, is quite interesting on yeah. that day. Yeah, uh, because it's doing, it's making an exact square to the nodes which by now have moved into Taurus and Scorpio god there's so much to talk about this month isn't there yeah there is actually uh because the modes nodes moving into Taurus and Scorpio is really important Mm. um and by and then this full moon really kind of brings that into some kind of focus I think Mm. and they're already at the start of the month yeah, they're already they're around twenty eight for most of the you know at the start of the month they're at twenty eight, 
um, which means they're, you know, the that Pluto is sort of aspecting them as well. So you know, they're it's they're bringing so Pluto, the nodes, and the full moon are all kind of aspecting each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that sometimes when you get that square to the nodes, it's a real turning point of some kind. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. it's not a bad day to do something that's a turning point, especially yeah. for Leo and Aquarius. Yeah, right? and and I know, and how fantastic that that full moon for Leo after the new moon, when they might feel more under pressure at the beginning of the month or feel like other people have got the upper hand. I think that full moon for Leo is a real turning point. It's kind of suddenly you're back center stage. Suddenly, you know, you know what to do to sort things out, actually, what move to make. Yeah. Um, so, and use the full moon. I mean, full moons are great for ritual. They're great for really stopping and, and listening, getting back in touch with, your intuition, your inner knowingness. I mean, if you felt kind of a bit discombobulated or confused, which I think this month's astrology is a little bit like that, actually. I think that full moon is a time to to stop, reorient your compass and then make your move. For Leo, it's gorgeous, I think, actually, that full moon. It's a really powerful, passionate uh, full moon, time to kind of, you know, make a stand. Um, I like it. I mean, I actually like it for Aquarius. I like it for Taurus I think it's exciting mm. you know I like it when it when when a full moon it's also it's just there out on its own in Leo you know yeah um with all everything else is on the other side of the sky yeah. and there's this glorious full moon in Leo saying look at me I you know emotions are important you know yeah. emotions are king or yeah. queen yeah. uh it's a it's a beautiful full moon Mm. Um, and at, at the same time it's getting this um it's like a turn of the wheel of fortune mm. give the wheel of fortune a spin yeah um a true for all of the fire signs really it's kind of nice yeah it's it i mean leo is such a creative sign isn't it from the fire signs it's uh you know it is about kind of taking some leap of faith which i think is also for me you know the theme of the jupiter Pisces sextile Uranus were a couple of days later. I mean, it just really completes the astrology of this month. But those two planets together are often about having a vision, taking a risk. Um, They're entrepreneurial planets. It's about let's go for it. Um, So, you know, this is when Pisces, I mean, we should mention Pisces because we haven't really, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Pisces, Jupiter's in your sign now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Despite all the kind of wobbliness around you in the next month, um, you know, and the fact that things are coming and going, it's hard. To, you know, you've got luck behind you and power, and it's moving really fast. And then when it makes this sextile um, on the sixteenth, and then it's going to go into your birthday month. You know, this is a time to be really uh, taking some risks. Mm. Mm. Agreed, and I like it too. I think it's nice for uh, Gemini. Yep, absolutely. Look out for the person who can kind of offer you a new opportunity. Jupiter's in your career sector. You know, there's trust your intuition with it. Someone could come in that could be a gift or some kind of offering or opportunity that comes your way that really is worth taking. It's worth kind of acting fast um, Mm -hmm. to say say yes to it. Yeah, put your short story in for the prize, you know, Gemini. Yeah. Uh, do get your book published uh you know get get your words out there yeah uh, and you will win you know this is a winning thing with jupiter up there mm. uh, it's exciting i mean i think that one of the things about this year which is so odd is we have this sort of sludgy start you know mm. from january and then it actually becomes this very exciting year because mm. partly because of the action of mars with jupiter later on Mm. you know as they're working together a lot of the time so it's Mm. not just jupiter and pisces but then mars comes in and just Mm. makes the whole thing bubble up more Mm. you start Mm. to get that feeling of real excitement and real possibility right now from this yeah that's really from this um full moon but even from the new moon on the fourth you know there's a sudden turn when we turn into the year and things start to like wake up it's like Mm. this uh, part of the country anyway it's just when you start to see the crocuses 
start coming out, you know, mm-hmm. in that very early February, the, the purple and yellow start to come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, although this year is so weird, it'll probably be, you know, tulips or something. Well, who knows? Who knows? But yeah, there's, I mean, Jupiter is, it. it is hope, isn't it? It's, and it's faith as well. And this is the first, you know, that Jupiter Uranus on February the 18th is the first of three major aspects involving Jupiter. They come thick and fast, actually, once they start February, April, May, we get three major aspects with Jupiter. So, you know, there's there's energy to be harnessed there. Um, you know, there, there is see where you can expand your life as well on that. See what new experiences come your way. I do I like that Jupiter Uranus a lot. Um, for Virgos, you know, fantastic, interesting people coming into your life. Mm-hmm. Um, good for Sagittarians. Yeah. Uh, you know, this may be some kind of opportunity with housing, actually. It sounds really boring, but, you know, it may just be your family expanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mm-hmm. great for Cancerians and really creative. You know, all, there are ways the earth signs and the water signs in particular benefit from this. Yeah, they do. They do. So it's a lovely way to end the month, actually, isn't it, on that note? Yeah, yeah definitely. Mm. That will take us into Pisces season next month. So it's quite a month, isn't it, really? It's a sort of, you know, be ready be ready for anything. I think the energy will rise. Yeah. It's going to be quite a lot of clamour and noise along the way. Yeah. That's what it feels to me. Yeah, and I would say muddle. Yeah. Well. It's, yeah. A, it's a muddle. It's a muddle. January. And... and, and there's some slightly unpleasant aspects to it as well, you know, Pluto we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but those turning points do come, you know, the turning points do come. So try and take advantage of where they are in your horoscope, particularly at the beginning of February. I mean, the key one really is Mercury direct. You know, if you've yeah. been holding off on something, that's the time to act and make a decision. And, and all the stuff on that day. And also I, the other thing is I feel that there's a sort of element of coercion in the, that last week of January. So don't be coerced into stuff. Yeah. 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 I agree. Um, yeah. Cause it may be that someone, someone's motives aren't pure. Yeah. <laughs> There's hidden motives. Other people have hidden motives So kind of stand your ground and stand firm. Yeah. Mercury's, you know, brings the truth to light or gives you more information that that is the definite turning point in the month. Yeah. Don't be bounced into making decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. So I think we've kind of cracked through and done pretty decent job of the month, Christine. <laughs> she says. Well, good. I'm glad you think so. I yeah. think great job of the month. Um, I'm I'm thoroughly, uh, you know, I'm still feeling confused with the Venus Mercury retrograde, but I know oh. that I'm going to have clarity by the end of February. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. See you next month. See you then. Take care. Bye.